everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 496. Today we're going to take a look at the 51st State Master Set. Uh, so 51st State was published a few years ago and then it's had some expansions and then also kind of derived out of that design uh, is Imperial Settlers, which I've reviewed uh, and, and some of the expansions which I really enjoy. And I've never reviewed 51st State, but I have played it and I've also played the first expansion, which was New Era and really enjoyed those, but I kind of was playing those before I was really doing reviews so much. And uh, so let's jump in and look at how this uh, works. And I'll talk a little bit about the differences in the review portion between this edition and the old one. There is some sort of sort of combination of mechanics from some of the expansions and also kind of some stuff from Imperial Sellers kind of reinvested back into uh, this game. And this game is set, as you can see, in the Neuroshima Hex universe, sort of a post-apocalyptic kind of freaky Mad Max era type of thing. So uh, let's jump into the game, how it works, and then I'll tell you what I think of it. Okay, so let's take a look here at everything that you get. Now, the edition that you see here is the quote-unquote pre-order edition. Um, I do believe like these card uh, wooden components here are actually going to be cardboard in the regular edition, but I'm not actually 100% sure because I know some of these were uh, based on the number of pre-orders they got and you know they would be updated with, uh, you know, all the copies would be updated because they'd have the money to spend on these really fancy components. So I think you'll get these wooden components in everything, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, here I've got six factions as well. Uh, the game will play one to four players, but you've got six factions to choose from. And again, I think you get six in every order, uh, but I'm not 100% sure. You definitely, you know, double check. Don't go based on everything that you're going to see in this video. Double check exactly what you're going to be getting on the publisher site. So let's zoom in and take a look at these. So each player is going to get one of these. These are different factions that you can be in the game. You can be a female character or a male character on this side. Uh, the boards have these three areas. So you have production, feature, and actions in here. And so you're going to get those three types of cards and build those out. They also are going to tell you what you're going to produce every round. So each player is going to produce just a little bit different. So you get three workers, uh, a gas can, a gray contact, and you get to draw a card. If you're the Merchant's Guild, but if you are New York, you're going to get three workers, a gear, and a gray contact and a card and so on. So it's gonna be slightly different uh, for each character. So you've got see four workers here and just one contact for Texas. And of course, what you're gonna be doing is drawing cards out of this main deck and playing these and for multiple different ways and trying to score points with these. At the end of the game, sometimes you'll have built a card and it will be out here to the right of your board. And as you sort of build these up, you're gonna get new actions and get new bonuses and cool ways to score points and new production and so on. And you're gonna get one point uh, for each card that you have out here at the end of the game. Now the game is not played over a fixed number of rounds. You've got these scoring tokens here. In this case, I've got the wooden ones. Uh, you're gonna play until somebody gets up to 25 points or more, and then you'll finish out the round scoring any more points that you might get, and then actually adding the points for the cards again, like I showed you at the end of the game. So you might have, you know, a few more points there. And then whoever has the most points, of course, is going to be the winner. Now to start the game off, you're going to draw six cards. You're going to choose four to keep and then discard two into the discard pile. And what you want to do there is you want to try to keep sort of these low distance numbers out. You have one, two, or three. And at the beginning of the game, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to play anything that's a three distance or even two distance sometimes. Uh, but you've got these, and this is kind of the general difficulty in dealing with that location. So if we take a look at the card here, 
you have the distance and then you have also the spoils and then down here you have the deal which is actually upside down you can see here it says a deal and all these cards have these deals and all these cards have these different spoils and they're going to give you different points and resources and things for either dealing with them or spoiling them or once you play them out here in front of your tableau it will have access to doom production and new actions and new features and so on now each round is going to begin with a lookout phase which is kind of like a draft phase so you're going to take cards off the top of this deck equal to the number of players plus one so we'll put a five out here and then players will be able to choose from these cards to add to their hand. The other thing you're going to do in the lookout phase, you have these two other decks here of the merchants and the punks here and these blue and red cards and these will be revealed at each lookout phase but you can't access these until you get into the normal action phase. And then from that point whoever has the start player is going to take a card from the lookout phase and then we'll deal some more cards so each player is going to get two cards. Now it's always starting with the start player and then the second card is going to be chosen in uh, counterclockwise order. Uh, so these are going to add to your hand and then you're going to go into the production phase. So taking a look here we're actually a couple of rounds in let's say. Uh, you're going to produce everything you see here like I talked about before. You're going to produce anything that's shown by these deals and I'll talk about how to make a deal. So in this case you get an extra worker and an extra blue contact token. And then you're going to produce anything by your production buildings as well. Now if it's open production that means that your opponents can send uh, workers here to get access to them later on. But it's just going to produce for you normally. And then we're going to move into the action phase where we're going to start playing cards from our hand either uh, as deals or spoiling them or actually building them here as a location or even spoiling your opponent's locations as well. So if an opponent builds a location, you can kind of sort of attack that location and get the resources out of it. Now let's take a closer look at the card anatomy here and we can talk about the different ways to play it. Well, the first way to play it, you might actually try to do a deal and then you would stick that again underneath your player board and then it will start producing for you. Now the way that you do that is you take a look at the distance here and with deals, you always need the blue contact token. So in this case, since this is a distance of two, we're going to need two contact tokens. Well, now how do we get those? Well, in the case of this guild here, whenever we spend a gas can, we can take an action here to spend a gas can and get actually three contact tokens. Now, these actions are a little bit different for uh, the different factions here. So the merchants union, if they spend one, they're only going to get one. But if they spend one gun, they're going to get three red contact tokens, which you use for spoiling. So again, you've got to sort of play to your faction strength. But let's say we have enough contact tokens here. We can spend those and then we can make a deal, turn this upside down and then stick it underneath our player board. Whenever we do that, we'll immediately produce whatever it says here, in this case, this gear. And then again, on subsequent production, we'll produce that gear every single round. Now, if we want to spoil it, we need to pay two red contact tokens because you see the spoils there is in red. So we pay those two, then you'll just discard the card and immediately take those three resources. So you can see this parking lot here has kind of dealing in the same type of resources, it's just how you interact with it. So I can make a deal with it, they're going to deliver me a part every round, I can go and attack it and ransack it, take what they have on them, or I can incorporate it kind of into my civilization or into my kingdom here. 
And the way that you do that is you spend the gray contact tokens. And you can see the number two there is gray. So we're gonna spend those and we'll put that out here uh, into our display. And because this is a production building, we'll go ahead and put it up here with the rest of our production buildings. It's just a nice way to organize everything. A lot like Imperial Settlers if you've played that. Now again, when I build a production building, I'm immediately going to get whatever it is. So I will produce one of these gears for each of this type of card in my state, up to three. So once you build it, you're gonna get that, and then again on subsequent turns. And what it's talking about here, when it talks about the card type, is you look over here, and each of these cards, sometimes will have one or two of these types that it can satisfy. So if I build this, I will have at least one gear for itself, and I take a look here and I don't have any others of that type. So if I had others with this gear token on here, then I would produce more when I build that card, and then again on subsequent turns. Now sometimes when you build a card here, it'll give you a building bonus. So when I build this, I'll get the immediate production like normal, and then I'll get the one-time building bonus. And these are sort of like wild contact tokens, like act as any color. Then you've got feature cards here, and these are gonna be sort of uh, effects possibly, uh, especially when you start adding in the new era cards here into the deck. Uh, there's a lot of cool features there, like every time you do a raise or a certain thing, you're gonna get a bonus. These two here, they actually allow you to store tokens because at the end of the round, if you have any resources or contact tokens left over, for the most part, you're just gonna lose them all, so you wanna try to spend them. Uh, but some of these features will allow you to keep them. And then you've also got these different actions here. And these are a lot of times how you might score uh, points, but look at this one here. So this one says you can spend one of these different types of resources and you get two workers. And that's very important because the workers are really gonna kind of drive uh, your extra card draw. If we go down here, we can see this says spend two workers to gain one resource or draw a card. And this action may be activated any number of times. So most of the actions cards and these actions here that you see there can only be done once per turn. But this one you can do multiple times. So you could spend you know, two workers and draw a card and then on another turn you know, spend two more or you could even spend four at once and draw two cards or get a card and a resource. So anything that you can activate multiple times or sometimes they say you can activate it twice, you can do that all at once on your action. Now the other thing that you can do with workers is remember I showed you these two cards that were face up uh, at the start of the round, the merchant and the punks. You can send two workers out to add this into your hand. So if I get this, I can put this in my hand. You can see it's got the same back as the other cards and somebody else might take this one. But once these are gone, they're gone for the round. It won't be until in the next round that these are revealed and we see what the next uh, card is up. And what these are called are connection cards. And so you take an action spending two workers to get in your hand, but then you can just play it later on and you can get this access to these contact tokens. And so if your civilization is weak and getting access to certain kinds of resources, this can be very helpful to get those. So you're gonna go back and forth taking actions, you know, using workers, paying contact tokens, taking actions to get contact tokens, scoring points, building cars, making deals. And once everybody passes, you go to the next round, you do another lookout phase where you deal cards off the top of the deck, reveal a new connection card, and then you keep playing again until somebody hits 25 points, and then you'll add up all the points that you have here. And then whoever has the most points is the winner. Now just a couple of small details. Sometimes you will get a uh, sort of a little bullet icon here. This acts as a wild of any resource. Uh, and then there's also another kind of special resource, which are these bricks here. These are very interesting. You can use them to spend in some of the actions and get points out of them, but you can also use them to develop a location. And when you do that, you can sort of play a location out here for free. Now you can see here, 
I've got this location here, which is going to be cost me three gray contact tokens if I want to put it out. But it's got this type here of this gas can. So what I can do is I can actually play this over another card of a, well, that also has a gas can or shares at least one icon. So this one has two, but as long as you share the one icon, you can spend a brick and then you can build this over the top of your old one. Now you, every time you do that development action where you spend a brick and play over, you will get a victory point. And then maybe you replace a card you're not really using anymore, a feature that's sort of gone out of business. So you'll put that out, then you'll have immediate access, and you don't need to go and spend you know, the three gears to get the three contact tokens and so on, sort of a shortcut way of getting new cards out. Now the last thing is when you spoil somebody else's resource. We talked about spoiling a resource from your hand and getting the resources there, but you, we take a look at the board here, you'll see there's an inherent defense number and you can see all the production buildings have an inherent defense of three, the features four, and the actions five. So if your opponent spends this number of, of spoil tokens here, three, four, five, depending on the type of building, they will be able to spoil this and get the resources out of it. Then you've got to turn it face down so you have kind of like a ruins. But before you do that, you actually will get a free token of whatever was the deal for that. So if my opponent spoiled this, they would get two free um, wild contact tokens. And then I would get a free wild contact token. We'd turn this face down. Now this is no longer worth a point, but I can develop on top of this without matching an icon. I can put any card that I want on top of that because it's considered to sort of like have all the icons. Again, you still have to spend a brick, but you'll get a victory point for doing that as well. And the action cards, of course, cost a little bit more. You can get some cards that put a shield on it, and that's gonna bump up the cost of that by one. So to spoil this one, that will cost them actually five of these red tokens, which would be a little bit more difficult <laughs> depending on the faction. So that's pretty much it. So that is uh, 51st State, the complete master set. Uh, so what do I think of it? Well, let me give you a little bit of history here. So like I said, I played the original 51st State in the new era, and I'm a huge fan of Imperial Settlers. I feel like that game has really raised itself up and up and up for me with the couple of expansions. I don't have the newest one, three is my magic number. Uh, that may not even be out yet. But I have the first two expansions for it. And the difference between that game and this game, there's a lot of similarities. But to me, the main difference in that game is you have sort of customizable faction decks. You have a central draw deck like this that everybody pulls for, these, these common cards. But then if you're playing the Romans, you have a Roman deck. If you're playing the Japanese, you have a Japanese deck and so on. And with the expansions, you can kind of tweak and customize that and build that to sort of like fit your play style and, and make it sort of weaker or stronger and kind of tweak it a little bit. Now, I really miss that when I play this game because I really enjoy that. I do play some LCGs and I've played a lot of trading card games over time. So that gets me going. But I think a lot of people don't want to spend a lot of time out of that. They want to open the box, set it up and play. And this one, I mean, forget about all the deck building stuff. Just in general, it's really quick and easy to set up. Now the rules tell you to play with sort of like the base cards, or you can shuffle in one of these kind of like pre-built in expansions. So they have the winter expansion and the new era expansion. So you can just play with like all the 51st state cards or take one of those expansions and shuffle it in. Uh, so it's very easy to set up. So if you really like playing with winter, for example, you can just leave them all shuffled together, open it up, hand somebody a faction board, throw all the components on the table, and there you go, you start pulling components, and you just shuffle up and go. And it plays and sets up very, very quickly. And 
I kind of like that, that I can do that. So I don't completely miss the faction building, but I do kind of miss that. So to me, that's kind of like a boon for Imperial settlers. You know, that takes the cake there. Um, this is a very streamlined version, especially of the early first version of 51st State, which had some things like you can only use um, score points on buildings, uh, you know, throw up to three times, and then the base of the building went away. I kind of miss that, but I kind of don't because it was kind of cool. Like you'd use up the building and, you know, suck them dry of the resources, and then you'd have to move on with life. So that was kind of neat. And then you could also make deals with. Uh, your opponent's resource, uh, your opponent's building. So not only would you go and like destroy them, but you could go and um, I don't think you could destroy them actually in the original, but um, but you could go and make deals with them, and so you could get sort of the production of that. So that's kind of a cool thing. But that's, there's no reason they couldn't like add that into the expansion. That would be kind of maybe overwhelming for new players that are just are just coming at this, never playing any of these games, and they're like, oh wow, all this stuff, you know, all these icons and everything. Um, but it's not really overwhelming, I don't think, uh, for new folks, especially if you played Imperial Sailors. But anyway, uh, so it's, it's really kind of streamlined all that out, and I frankly don't really miss any of that. I mean, you kind of do, but you, it really makes up for it just in terms of all the other stuff that they've streamlined and made easier. Um, so I also gotta make a comment before I forget about the the artwork and sort of the graphic design of this. This is like light years above, I think even Imperial Settlers and definitely the old 51st state. Uh, the art and just the ease of like digesting the information on the cards, the icons are very readable. They make sense. It's, it's not overwhelming at all. Um, I do kind of go for this theme over the civilization theme, this post-apocalypse theme. There's, uh, there's not really enough games in this. Although there's a lot coming out, I think maybe because of Mad Max, um, but I like the Neuroshima Hex world and all that, and the artwork is very well done. Um, so moving from there, I think there's enough difference here for me to keep both games. Now, part of it is I kind of like the gameplay of Imperial Settlers a little bit more, and I kind of like the theme of this more. So I'm really personally in kind of an impasse, but. The gameplay differences, apart from the deck building and the theme, there's enough here that it actually is a different game. Not not drastically different because, so in Imperial Settlers, you get resources and you make buildings done. The end. This one, you got to get resources and you got to get contacts, and then then you get to the buildings and then you get to the raising and the deals. Also, with the raising, it's so you don't raise a whole ton in Imperial Settlers. I mean, you can, but this one, it feels like it's a little bit more free-flowing and a little bit easier. I mean, you have the higher defense built in, but it seems like it's easier to get raise tokens if you really want it. But when you raise somebody, you know, they get a little bit of a benefit out of it. In Imperial Settlers, you just got a wood, which you may or may not have needed. But if you raise a building here, all of the resources that you get in the building are sort of intrinsically tied together. They're all, you know, very kind of thematically tied to the building. So. Even if I, you raise one of my production buildings, I'm still going to get another good out of it that I was already probably producing. Um, so it's not as bad. And then it also makes it easier for me to develop because now I don't have to worry about matching icons. I'm like, well, there we go. I've got a guy to go and develop and I get a victory point when I actually do develop it. Uh, so that's a little bit more interesting that way. And this whole kind of process of like building up resources and then going out and making contact and getting those different distances of contacts it really kind of works uh, with this theme and it, it fits together and so it has a very different pace 
of then Imperial Settlers as well because you really feel like you're struggling in this and just as everybody kind of gets going you know somebody will cross that threshold whereas Imperial Settlers depending on how you build the decks you could really build a nasty nasty engine and really be exploitive uh, so there is a difference in gameplay and I think more people probably will gravitate towards this one because maybe because of the theme and stuff it's a little bit cooler of a theme but also it's it's a lot more accessible and it's a lot more just set it up and play like i said um and it's a lot more just like let's just go and run it and i'll run my engine for as long as i can and try to keep up with you whereas you have that sort of overhead of knowledge with imperial settlers in terms of like okay you're playing the romans and you've got this kind of deck and i've got to be very worried when you get this building built because that's your killer building and so on whereas this one it's not necessarily going to be that way uh, i will say you should definitely start mixing in the expansions i feel like the base set of cards that's just 51st state is a little bit too on the vanilla side and that's probably just for me because i play a lot of imperial settlers and like i said i played this before so like i'm really into this now as a new player maybe you can get away with just playing the base cards a few times i mean i think that's probably the case because there's a lot that you can do with a card in this you know deal spoil play it there's a lot like when you get your hand of cards you're like okay what do i do now <laughs> so when you first start playing there's a lot going on but I would definitely, if you're kind of experienced with this, I would say definitely throw in one of the two expansions. Uh, the winter expansion is a lot more about like scoring points during the game. You get lots of cooler actions. There's a lot more stuff you can do with the resources. The new era cards are a lot more feature-based. I'm being kind of general here, but a lot more feature-based and they kind of like allow you to enhance all the stuff you're normally going to do. I probably would not mix the expansions. Uh, I haven't tried it, and the rules say don't do it. But looking at it, I think you will water the deck down too much. So, like I was saying, you kind of have the cooler actions in winter, and in fifty for or the new era, you have kind of the cooler features. And so, if you kind of water it down, it's kind of likely maybe one player would get a good hand of cards and that would they would get some kind of synergy where maybe you wouldn't you get kind of a muddy muddle of uh, of synergy or lack of synergy so i would definitely stick to one expansion or the other but i would definitely include one or the other um i think that's pretty much it but i definitely recommend the game i had a lot of fun with it this is one that as far as player count goes i think it plays good at every player count um, but i prefer it with like three and four because just because it's it's more interesting like story-wise because you've got just more stuff you've got more people to interact with and and go attack or you know worry about attacking you and so on whereas the one or two players just the two of you kind of like in your own kind of world and you're kind of doing the, you know hit hit or run uh type of attacks here and there but i like kind of the vastness of the world and sort of the chaos of you know this type of world with multiple factions all kind of scrapping and scraping uh you know to get by so it's more interesting to me with more players but i think it does play excellent uh at all the different player counts so that's it thanks